Hey friends, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host, and I've had such a wonderful time. All this week, got to talk to Weston, one of the men, the young men that puts tracks into boxes, helps ship them around the world. Talked to him on Monday and Tuesday. Talked to Matt Pearson on Wednesday and Thursday about what he does here at Bible Tracks. He fills such an integral and such an important role here at BTI. If you missed out on anything we've talked about to this point, go to your favorite podcast player, go to YouTube, and make sure to listen in and catch the archived versions, episodes of this broadcast so you don't miss out. Today, we're going to endeavor, do our best, to sum up the majority of the book of Mark, chapter number 4. We've talked about the first nine verses, and we're going to continue with that thought and get almost to the end of the chapter, and we'll leave the rest of the chapter for next week or the week after. I've mentioned this week that I'm getting out of the office. If it has a little bit of a hollow sound to our radio listeners, it's because I'm in our warehouse, in our garage. Those of you that are watching on YouTube, you can see behind me massive racks filled with total over a million gospel tracts are in this room. And we need people like you to spread the word, to spread the seed. I've got with me a gospel tract or two, actually. This one is called What God Wants Everyone to Know. And I've actually got the Spanish version as well. I'm not going to butcher that beautiful language by trying to pronounce it, but this gospel tract, just like the rest of our gospel tracts, both English and Spanish, they're free. We print tracts and have printed tracts in over dozens of languages to well over 100 countries around the world. And you can go to BibleTracksInc.org and get your very own copies of these gospel tracts. There are some things that God wants everyone to know, not just English speakers and not just Spanish speakers. But if you know someone that speaks those languages, if you're listening right now, I would guess you would, go to BibleTracksInc.org, order these gospel tracts today. They might be a help to you. If you would like to pray for our ministry, could I encourage you in this before we dive into the Bible, Mark chapter 4 is where we will be. Could I encourage you to text the word prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, the word prayer to my phone number. You can text me at 309-316-7240. I'd love to hear from you, but I'd also love to pass along a few prayer requests as they come up. We're so very thankful for the opportunity to speak to you. One last announcement. Remember, we're having an open house in this very building on September 30th. That's a Saturday. We're very much looking forward to it. September 30th. That's a Saturday. I love to see you there. We're going to have a, a great meal, great fellowship. A special guest will be with us. You're not going to want to miss out. September 30th from 1 to 5 p.m. here in Odell, Illinois. Now let's grab our Bibles. I've got mine right here. Book of Mark, chapter number four. We've read the first nine verses the past couple of days, so I won't read them again for you right now. We're going to dive into verse number 10. After he gives this parable in public, the disciples come talk to Jesus. Mark, chapter four, verse number 10. And when he, Jesus, was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. They want an explanation. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, 
But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. That's very likely uh, alluding to the prophet Isaiah. We won't go in that context, a statement of Isaiah years ago, previous to this. Verse number 13, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? And then he begins to explain. The sower soweth the word. That immediately, because he was talking about the sower sowing seed up to this point, speaking in a little bit of an allegory, an illustration. But then he says in verse number 14, the sower soweth the word. Who is the sower? Well, of course, Jesus Christ. And he commissions us to be sowers on his behalf. But we and he soweth or sowed the word. Well, he was, is the word. In the beginning was the word. And immediately for these disciples, I would think their minds began to be illuminated just a little bit. Verse number 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. That, that, oh man, that, that dirty rascal, the devil. You think about that. Every time the seed is being sown, he or one of his minions is right there ready to, if he can, snatch it up before it can germinate. Verse number 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. We've seen that before, haven't we? People that they jump in with both feet apparently, but they didn't really commit. They weren't really all in on it. As soon as something difficult comes along, I'm not to say questioning salvation. I'm just saying they weren't in it for the long haul. Verse number 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things and entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. See, this Bible is not something that needs to outmarket the rest of the wares of the world. We don't need to package this up as a product and sell it to people such that they think this is better than everything else because it's flashier or because it has more glamour and sparkle and it's going to result in more wealth to them. No, 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 friend. The, the word of God, this word that's being sown here, it's not about that. But I can tell you this, the evil one, workers of iniquity, will do everything they can to make it appear, and it is true, there is pleasure in sin for a season. That's a promise of God. But after the sin is done, what happens? There's death. We need to be very careful to explain to people how important it is to get firmly rooted, entrenched, foundational truths of this word must be communicated. That's one of the things we try to do on this very broadcast. Verse number 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said to them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? So he gives this parable about life, and now he's given this little parable about light. For there is nothing hid, verse 22, which shall not be manifest, and neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears, let him hear. We've seen that phrase multiple times in this passage. He repeats it. Who was it? Mark Anthony, when he was addressing the, 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 the peers of Rome there. Uh, was it friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. 
Well, Jesus, he said that something to that effect as well. If any man have ears, let him hear. And he said unto them, verse 24, Take heed what ye hear, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. He that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Pause for a moment here. You realize this is a, this is a true business principle. It takes money to make money. The more money you got, the easier it is to make more money. The less money you have, the harder it is to make. You know, the people are making that first million. I have no idea how, what it feels like to make the first million. I don't know if in my lifetime I'll ever make the first million. I'm, I'm probably still working on the first thousand. I'm joking. But in all seriousness, it's a business principle. Those at the top seem to have a whole lot. Them that have, they get more. Those that have not, yeah, it's absolutely true. But we continue on. Verse number 26, and he said unto them, and he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. It's a miracle, isn't it? For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Think about this. It kind of gives the juxtaposition, the comparison and contrast between our work in God's work. The earth bringeth forth the fruit, but then when it does so, we've got to get to work. Oftentimes, God's will comes walking in and we ignore it and miss it because it comes dressed in mechanics clothes. It comes dressed in drywallers out clothes. It comes dressed like a roofer would dress. It comes dressed like a plumber. It comes dressed like somebody that needs to get to work. We think God's going to do it all for us. And can I tell you, it's a miracle that that seed can come up out of the ground, whether we're talking physically, actually planting like these cornfields we have around us here in Odell, Illinois, or spiritually, the seed that we sow, the spiritual fruit that we see. But there comes a time when we need to work as well. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which... When it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. Think about, think about their reaction. The, hold on. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, that smallest of seeds. Ah, but when it is given time to germinate, given time to grow, given time to flourish, it becomes the most powerful. Look here. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. All the people of the world can come under the umbrella of the kingdom of God and find true salvation, whereby there's no other way for salvation, paraphrasing, no other way of salvation except in the kingdom of God and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with, verse 33, and with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable speaking not unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. That's where we're going to conclude today. But then you see in verse 35, this is where we'll pick up, if not next week, the week after, and the same day. I want you to think about this. Jesus had, had poured his heart out, had explained. You know as well as I do, just like I'm doing right now, sometimes teaching, it can take it out of you. Preaching can absolutely wear you down. Jesus has been doing this, answering questions, explaining himself. And now, the same day, he steps 
into a boat. We're going to talk about that in future days. But I'm going to ask you, do you have ears to hear? I see all these tracks behind me, those of you watching on YouTube. But if you're not, just imagine a massive rack. It's about 12, 13 feet tall. A million plus gospel tracks in these brown cardboard boxes. Ready to be shipped all over the world. My question for you is... Will you use them? These tracks do no one any good in this warehouse. We need you to order them. We need to send them to you, BibleTracksInc.org. If you'd like to partner with us so we can keep these shelves incredibly full, like to invest in our ministry financially, great. If you want to pray for us, please do that. But please use gospel tracks. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. I'm looking forward to speaking again next week here on Bible Tract Echoes. Make sure you share this with a friend. And if you're watching on some uh, podcast or YouTube, like and subscribe, all that type of stuff. If you're watching on radio, let the, the folks, the administrators of your radio station, let them know how much you appreciate them carrying this program. Have a great day for His glory. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.